Till Death Do Us Part is a lighthearted and sometimes satirical true crime podcast where we present our dysfunctional married take on serious cases involving other dysfunctional relationships. We hope you enjoy. Hello and welcome to the 103rd episode of Till Death Do Us Part. I'm still Daniel. And I'm still Melissa. Just in case some of you don't have social media or aren't a part of our Patreon yet, we did make an announcement that this show will be going to two episodes a month. And I know for some people, that's very upsetting. But for us, it works out better for our family at this moment in time. We don't have 27 hours in the day. Because we don't have a lot of moments in time. (laughs) We don't. Not anymore. But we are adding another spinoff show to our Patreon lineup. So technically, we're doing the same amount of work. We're just rearranging it differently-ish. Well, I'm not doing that much. You're doing most (laughs) of the work. That's what I meant. I guess what it is, is we will be focusing a majority of our attention on Patreon for those weeks that Till Death Do Us Part does not put out a regularly streaming episode. Yes. Because you have to spend a ton of time just making each episode. Oh, my goodness. So it's only fair that the people on Patreon get the most bang for their buck and they can get True. all of your, all of you. <laughs> all more, of me. More of you-ish. We really enjoy doing this show. This has been such a life changer for us. And we are enjoying getting to know all of you. And we just can't believe how far we've come in even just a year. But this does take up so much time, more time than I thought it would take up, to be honest. But I love every moment of it, which maybe doesn't make sense on why we have to scale back a little bit. But our kids are growing up and we do feel like we're missing a little bit of it. So for now... Yeah, This is what we need to do to keep moving forward. And most of you out there are in our kind of generation box and are married and possibly have kids and grandkids. So you fully 100% understand what this time in our life is. Whereas some people who have been a little upset with us don't understand that. And that's fine. But this is what we have to do. It doesn't mean it's not going to change in the future, but for now, we're good. Perfect. Yeah? That makes sense? Yep. We've over-explained it. I always over-explain things, but you got to over-explain things for the people in the back. Okay, I'll break it down. Ready? For the people in the cheap seats that just don't pay attention. All right. Number one, most important is your family and your marriage and your kids. If you have a marriage and a kids, that has to come first. So we're just, we're trying to do both, but. Super simple. That's it. Thank you. We adore all of you and appreciate you so much. And if you are interested, go over to patreon.com and then search for Till Death Do Us Part podcast and we'll pop up. So thank you. Thank you. Daniel, you got some factoids for me? Should I talk about the pros and cons of having regular adult aerobics? (laughs) <laughs> or or not. Well, I guess that would be a con, right? Yeah, let's do it. Let's go for it. 
Is it going to get uncomfortable? Well, it depends on how you're doing it. <laughs> right? I don't know. <sighs> Maybe do some stretches beforehand. I'm going to start with all of the cons. To having adult aerobics regularly? Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, we're done with that. So let's move on to the pros. So the pro, I'm joking. Of course there's cons. I, just, I can't think of any right now. Uh, that because was good. Because I'm a guy. That was good. Thank you for that. <laughs> You're welcome. Okay. Exhaustion. Oh, boy. Really? Exhaustion? I mean, I mean, we're supposed to be exhausted at some point. That's good. Then you'll sleep better. Right? Don't they say to exercise and then it helps you sleep better? Okay, but we can't get into the pros yet. We're still trying to discuss oh, the cons. Oh, this is a con? This is a con. Exhaustion. Oh, exhaustion. Yes. Uh, huh. Right. Okay. Losing interest in the middle of an act. <laughs> okay, so if you're, yeah, if you're having an aerobics class four times a day, I could see that. I would actually lose interest <laughs> after doing, yeah, there's no way. Depends on what's on TV in the background. That's a good point. You know, there have been studies that people that do not have the television boxes in their bedrooms have more aerobics classes. I know. They do say that. Okay, we're still but on the cons. now we have phones. Okay, but I'm still trying to discuss okay. all the negatives. Okay, keep going. A lot of these are you're not in a committed relationship. So they're saying, oh, more likely to get STDs. Um, things like well, that. Yeah, they're called sexually transmitted diseases. Right. But if you're, you know, have to stare at your boring spouse year after year, the chances are if you were going to get one from that other person, something you're not cheating on them all the time, and then there's going to be a murder coming up, you're not going to get an STD. So that, I mean, that's a negative, but it's not a likely negative. It's really a positive in the argument to stay together with the same person. Okay. Right? Yes. Okay. So we've now conquered that negative. Oh, here we go. This is a big one. Back pain in the lower back. <laughs> <laughs> Why does that have to be the lower back? Sometimes my upper back hurts. And the middle of the back, the lower back, the side of the back. The Are front we supposed the... to talk about ourselves? Does the front of your back hurt sometimes? Because mine doesn't. The front of my back? Are we supposed to be uncomfortable and talk about ourselves? Because our parents do listen to this. No, I'm talking in theoretical this is in general. Term. Yeah, okay. absolutely. These All are right. generalities, not. This isn't a marriage show. Okay, these are negatives. Let me stay negative here. Okay, God. Um, lower back pain is natural when there are rapid movements that place too much stress on the lower back. However, if these abrupt movements become too frequent, they can lead to chronic lower back pain. All right. So I'm in favor of, of switch hitters, right? You got to switch it up a little bit. You got to change it. Because otherwise, you know, you don't want to always know what's coming at you. You got to get it changed it up a little bit. Addiction. That's a problem. This is a negative. Another disadvantage to having aerobics classes every day is it can lead to addiction. Oh. Uh, no. <laughs> really? Okay. A person with sexual addiction may destroy their relationship with their spouse because they become preoccupied with sex or have an abnormally powerful sex drive. I don't, I don't know. Maybe. Okay. Okay. To each their own. All right. 
After that huge long list of negatives, you want to hear some positives? Sounds good. It reduces the risk of high blood sugar. There is a high blood sugar epidemic going on. I don't know how. <laughs> I'm not a gynecologist, doctorish person. <laughs> it burns calories. See, these are all exercise things. So I guess really what we're saying is exercise is good mm-hmm. and naked exercise is better. Right? Yeah. That's what I'm getting out of this. Agreed. It reduces the risks of heart disease, hypertension, and strokes. Oh. And boosts your libido. So meaning the more you do it, the more you want to do it. But then that turns into an addiction. Only if the person has an addiction. I I don't know. I still don't get the addiction thing because (laughs) it. Uh, You sleep better. Intense adult aerobics makes your body release happy hormones called oxytocin and endorphins that boost intimacy and the urge to do it repeatedly. So I'm thinking those Karens that people film who are mad because you took their parking spot and stuff, they are not getting laid. No, And that's why they're so upset. Oh, for sure. But then you see these people who are just going through life just happy and like, okay, whatever. They just finished an adult aerobics class. Oh, yeah. So in order to make this world a better place, I think people need to have more sex. Yeah. All right. Enjoyable, though. Not, you know, if you're not enjoying it, you got to figure it out. To make it enjoyable, right? You do. So, I mean, obviously that comes with communication and honesty and all those kinds of things. Right. The hormones aid in better sleep, right? And good sleep, of course, leads to longer life. So you have more years of doing it all the time. Just bang your years away. Stronger immune systems. That's good for the COVIDs and such. Because it is coming back. Again. They say. The satisfied sleeps. Who's they? I have no idea. Okay. Somebody. Someone. Um, It actually helps keep you energetic the whole day, allegedly. Oh. I can see that. I still don't want to do anything all day. (laughs) Oh. Okay, well. (laughs) It might be because I'm lazy. I'm like a sloth. That might mean you need more exercise. Oh. So that you're not so tired. Oh. All right. Oh, here we go. This is for you. Ready? Ready. Makes you look younger. I don't think anything's going to help. The morning glow is no longer an imagination. Suffering from acne or dry skin, consider having adult aerobics with your partner every day, and you will see that your skin is getting a vibrant texture. This natural glow can be attributed to stress being released and positive thinking. The, Whoa. M- the more you do it, the more you'll develop a healthy relationship. Add glow to your skin by saying yes to daily sex. You just sounded like an advertisement. <laughs> I know. I did it on purpose. <laughs> Ooh, reduces risk of cancer. Oh, we are at that age. I think that's more for the men, for the prostates-ish, because I don't know. I mean, we could check your prostate, but... <laughs> I haven't found it yet, so we'll keep checking. Um, It relieves period pain. Okay, more for you, less for me. Um, I mean, I still have pains for you from it. Yeah, so there's lots of of things. Good for the heart, burns calories. These are all kind of redundant, longer life. 
It actually helps to balance your hormones. I didn't know that. Regular sexy times boost the levels of both testosterone and estrogen. Hmm. Lower risk of depression. That also comes with endorphins and... Right. Right. One of the benefits of daily sex is similar to the perks of regular exercise. It releases happiness and reward hormones like dopamine, serotonin, endorphins, and oxytocin. These feel-good hormones help to stave off depression and may lower your risk of developing it together. That sounds great in theory, except if you're depressed, the last thing you want to do is that. So you almost have to force yourself... But then are you really enjoying it? It's hard. This, sometimes. Sometimes yeah. it's hard. Life is hard. Why is it so hard? All right. So anyway, I guess I'll wrap that up with, um, since you're done listening to us, because we certainly wouldn't want you to stop, go have an aerobics class. But certainly don't tell us. No. Because that would be weird. If you were to message us and say that you did it, <laughs> that would be Goofy. There's probably five of you that would, though. <laughs> yeah. All right. All right. Well, well, I hope everyone's uncomfortable now. I certainly am. I hope your kids were listening in the car while you were listening to this. <laughs> I hope you fast forwarded through this. Well, thank you, darling. Yep. That was informative. And a disclaimer for this is that she asked me to look something up regarding this. So this isn't me trying to coerce her into more exercise you always want me to exercise more <laughs> yeah do you know how busy i am i'm doctors, so tired it's doctors doctors say more exercise is good for you and this is adult aerobics okay i right. did i asked him you're welcome because somebody else asked me so perfect daniel Lessa. <laughs> Are you ready for my case? Yeah. All right. This is the case of James and Virginia Hyatt with Patricia Ann Wheelington. Nice. Around 5.30 p.m. on Tuesday, December 3rd, 2013, in Miller County, Arkansas, a 911 call was placed. Two friends, Barbara Ricketts and Phyllis Neighbors, had arrived at their good friend, Patty Wheelington's. Say that last name five times fast. You can't. Do you want me to? No. Oh. They arrived at her home located in a rural area outside of the town of Texarkana. The sun had already set when the two women pulled up to the upper middle class neighborhood and noticed that all the lights were on inside the large home. They were confused since they had both been trying to reach Patty for most of the day with no answer. As they walked up towards the porch, the women noticed something by the front door. It was 59-year-old Patty lying on her back against the front door in her robe, and she wasn't moving. Uh Uh-oh. Her friends rushed to Patty's side, but she was cold and swollen and it was obvious that she was deceased. Can you imagine? No. You're going over to your friend's house to check on her, and all of a sudden you see her dead by her front door. And she's sitting up? No, she's oh, lying down. Oh, she's lying down. Against the house and the front door. Gotcha. That's the last thing you expect to find. I would, no, yeah, you wouldn't think so. 
That's awful. Police soon arrived at the tragic scene. Patty was lying on the front porch, her left hand clutching her chest and her right hand down at her side and still holding a cigarette between her two fingers. It appeared that she had been shot multiple times. But who would shoot Patty? She was a much loved and affluent resident of this town. Patricia Ann Phillips was born in November of 1954 in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Patty had a wonderful smile, was very attractive, had a great personality, she was warm and giving, and Patty had never met a stranger. Meaning immediately when she met you, she wanted to know you. Yeah. And wanted to kind of create a bond with you immediately. That was just the type of woman that she was. Patty attended the University of Delaware and then made her way over to Texas A&M. Uh-huh. The, oh, the pride of Texas. You Texas A&M people. If you graduate from Texas A&M, everybody knows that you graduated from Texas A&M. Because you tell everyone you graduated? Yeah. You go up and introduce yourself, and then after you say your name, you say, and I graduated from Texas A&M. I have never seen such pride in a college graduating. So if I went, I would walk up to someone I've never met before and go, hi, I'm Daniel, Texas A&M. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yep. exactly. Faux show. <laughs> and they'd be like, oh. Oh, right. boy. All right. Patty eventually got a job working at the Department of Human Services located in Texarkana, Arkansas. So Patty worked with the elderly. Okay. That was where her heart really was. 35-year-old Patty fit in with the Southern lifestyle very quickly and loved living in a larger town with a small town feel. Soon after, Patty met 59-year-old Ray Wheelington. He was a successful sales manager and a big deal within the local square dancing community. Ray was a caller. Oh. You know what a caller is, right? Yeah. He's the guy that's like, swing your partner round and round. We all get sick and we all fall down. Right. That was Ray. Ray. Of course. That's his name, Ray. (laughs) What else would he do? On December 29th, 1989, after a quick courtship, The couple were married. So she's 35 and he's 59. So there's a little bit of an age gap there. Just a little bit. You know, I picture Ray or someone who like him who can call, can do square dancing calling. I bet they also do like auction calling. I would think so too. Because you could be up on a mic and just, just let it rip. And you don't really care what they're saying. It doesn't really matter. It's really, it's getting the hype up. But with square dancing, you have to know what the calls are to know what you're going to do. Because I did a little bit of research on square dancing, and it's couple-based, so you can do four people, I think up to eight people, and then you're kind of all dancing together. And then you have to listen for the calls because the caller is going to change it up a little bit. But that's what I mean, like an auction caller, an auction, I don't know, I forget what they're actually called, but anyway... They got to watch the crowd. They got to watch what's going on. Mm -hmm. They got to be quick. It's really fast paced. So I could see someone being able to do both. Yeah, you have to talk really fast. Yeah. And we all know I can't talk very fast. You could. I can't be a caller. 
No. I have to enunciate every word. It would be a slow auction. <laughs> Very slow. People would give up and leave. I wonder if Californians are good auctioners or good callers for square dancers because we talk very slow. Because we're all a little slow if you didn't know that yet. Probably. I don't know. (laughs) All right. Well, Patty soon joined Ray's hobby and became a member of the Guys and Dolls Square Dancing Club. Guys and Dolls. Guys and Dolls. That's a right on the nose kind of name. Sure. They had 100 members. That's a lot of members. That was a big club. While Ray called... Patty would walk around and greet all the members. And they even taught square dancing. We should go try it, actually. We did. Did we? When did we square dance? Well, we took dancing. Remember you wanted to drug me into dancing lessons, but then you wouldn't (laughs) let me lead? And they kept telling you that. You're like, you're going to have to let them lead. And you're like, I just... I can't. Can't do it. They're like, well, then you can't dance. I'm controlling. (laughs) We did. We got kicked out of dance lessons. Well, we didn't get kicked out. We just... Stopped going. (laughs) The Wheelingtons were a friendly and social couple and soon were hosting functions at their home. So they just really embraced their new lifestyle of the most popular people in the square dancing club, which, of course, the caller would be the most popular person, right? Well, because it won't happen without him. No. And then the wife would also become popular, but... She can't really dance because she doesn't have a partner. So she kind of just walks around and says hi to everybody is what I'm picturing. Wouldn't you trade off? Wouldn't you have like a backup and then that way you could get in on the swinging and the stuff? But I think they got in on the swinging and stuff when they taught. All right. So they showed. They demoed. They demoed. All right. Yeah. Not demolition. (laughs) They demonstrated. That would be part of square dancing in my brain. Yeah. Demolition Derby and square dancing. It sounds like a great night to me. In 2009, the home they shared and entertained at caught on fire. What? It was devastating. But they knew a great contractor named James Hyatt. He and his wife, Virginia, were also members of the square dancing club. James oversaw the project, and soon the Wheelington's home looked more beautiful and spacious than before. After the house was done, James and Virginia stayed close to Ray and Patty. The couple enjoyed doing couple things, going out to dinner, playing cards, and of course, square dancing. Oh, okay. They didn't start swinging, right? No, this was square dancing. Gotcha, okay. And they hung out up to two to three times a week. Oh, wow. That's pretty close. That seems excessive. They ran in the same circles and had lots of mutual friends. Sadly, in 2010, Ray's health began to decline. And by 2011, he was diagnosed with dementia. Oh, no. That sucks. Patty retired from her career to stay home with Ray full time and take care of him. On November 10th, 2012, Ray passed away. It was a heartbreaking loss for Patty. Her husband of over 22 years had died. That's a horrible story. Now it's over. And the we're end. done. <laughs> the couple did not have any children, so Patty was the single beneficiary of Ray's estate. Patty did not return to work after Ray died, but began volunteering within the square dancing community running people to doctor's appointments, the grocery store, and just being a kind friend. 
she really had a heart for older people. Yeah. And so she really had a servant's heart and wanted to take care of them. How, I haven't paid attention now to the dates, <laughs> but how old was he when he passed and he, how old was she? He was 81 when he passed. Okay. And how old would she have been? She was 58. Gotcha. Okay. All right. So he's around 58, 23 years older. And never had any kids. And they never had any kids together. Yeah, so she's still kind of in her prime of life at 58. Yeah, she's ready to party. Oh, for sure. Well, you said she's running in circles, which means she's having fun but not getting anywhere. Yeah. (laughs) So that's good. Yes. Yeah. So this was Patty's life for the last year after Ray had died, was helping out members of the square dancing club. And everybody loved Patty. So who would have killed her and why? And she smoked. She did smoke. Sorry, I know that has nothing to do with anything. It just occurred to me. I'm picturing her standing out front of her house as a very stereotypical smoker, right? Mm Mm-hmm. Having a nice cigarette in the morning. Cup of coffee. Cup of coffee and a cigarette. What could be better? And then, bam, gun down on your front porch. That's horrible. It's awful. Patty had been shot five times. One bullet entered her right chest, striking both lungs. One went through the top of her right breast. This wound also went through both lungs. Holy crap. The third bullet was discovered in the fold of Patty's armpit. This, too, struck the lungs, but also, quote-unquote, devastated the heart. Oh, gosh. These three wounds were each fatal. By themselves. So one of these shots would have killed her. Can I make an observation real quick? Yes, please. Most people are not a very good shot. And even people that are trained to shoot, i.e. like law enforcement, especially if it's a handgun, the chance of you hitting someone three times out of five, or no, you said she was shot five times. She was, yeah, she was shot Actually being hit all those times, all in the chest area is very unlikely. Yes. So you would have to almost, especially like you think of a drive-by, right? Classic movie, whatever. Someone driving by and just bam, 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 bam. You probably wouldn't even hit the person sitting on the front porch smoking. So I have no idea what you're going to tell me, but that's what I'm already thinking is how the hell did someone hit her? This had to be somebody that was good with a gun, right? Or they're standing right in front of her. Mm. But then she's still holding a cigarette, which means... She's already in a relaxed state, and then all of a sudden it instantly happened, so much so that she was still clutching a cigarette in her hand and then collapsed. Just fast, one right after the other. Okay. All right. That's just all I'm picturing right now because that's what I do. So Patty would have collapsed within 15 to 20 seconds. If not three seconds. I mean, just the impact of a bullet hitting you would knock you down. But the medical examiner said that she would have collapsed within 15 to 20 Uh, seconds. So she had no way to get away. No. She could not have gotten away from any of these shots. And then if she started to, say, slouch after the first bullet, it's very unlikely the second bullet would hit her. That's my point. Like, for her to be hit like that, unless she was sitting. Okay, well. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay, go ahead. That's okay. It's okay. Member. Your questions are valid. I member. <laughs> did I say member? No, I'm. J- maybe you did. Oh, I'm just okay. being funny. Remember. Gotta you, add the R. You member? 
All right, well, two more shots were found, one in her upper back and one in her right forearm. Stippling was found on Patty's lips, chin, and nose, indicating at least one of the shots was fired at close range within three feet. So you were right. All right, so there you go. You got to be right up on her. Well, stippling means multiple reddish-brown abrasions of the skin due to the impact of the small fragments of foreign material, just in case you didn't know what that was. I didn't know. What do all of these shots sound like to you? You might have already answered that question. But to me, it sounded like Patty was trying to get away from her shooter. Yeah, but she's smoking a cigarette. She was sitting down, but then she could have stood up and then started getting shot, and she was trying to run towards her front door to get away, getting shot in the back and in the forearm in the process. Oh, okay. I missed that. So one of the one of the bullets entered her back? Yes. One of the, oh, okay. Entered her back, but that one was not fatal, nor was the gunshot that went through her forearm. Gotcha. So she was shot in total five times. And obviously the first ones were the ones that entered her chest and then she would have turned. That's what they're thinking. They're not going to, if you're shot in the back, you're not going to turn towards the gun. Right. So she was shot in the front. First. First. And then turned to run into the house. Except, God, yeah. And even though all three in the front were fatal. Well, to the investigators, it looked like Patty had been sitting on her front porch in her bathrobe sipping her cup of coffee and smoking a cigarette when someone began shooting at her and she tried to escape back into the safety of her home because bullet strikes were found on the cement of the front porch and a bullet hole was found going through the back of the porch chair and into the bedroom window, leaving a hole in the glass. The first shot must have entered her and then went through the chair. And then into the bedroom window. That makes sense. So she was sitting when she was first shot and then was able to stand up. Probably is almost a subconscious reaction. Yeah. That's what I'm thinking. So Patty had been gunned down on her front porch. So they walked up to her and then pulled a gun and just started firing before she could even react. Someone went to the home with the intention to kill Patty. Yeah. There was no other reason to be at that home. What I'm amazed is that she still was holding the cigarette. Right. Is that a, um, like, a muscle response to, like, squeeze so you wouldn't let it go? It was mentioned a few times because I think it was a little weird. Or it was something that nobody had really seen before. Now, what are the chances that whoever hit her put the cigarette in her hand? Oh, probably just, zero I don't know, to none. Just to be weird. I don't right. know. I mean, I guess that's possible. I but. mean, if you're trying to stage a scene, but you don't but need to stage that, yeah, what a would scene that add? in the front yard. Yeah. It was determined that the shots were fired from a 38 revolver since none of the bullet casings were found on the scene. Yeah. So it's not like it was a long distance, you know, more than a couple hundred, a hundred yards away rifle, say, that's really accurate. This um, was up close and personal. So they walked straight up to her. Investigators began going through Patty's home she shared with her deceased husband, Ray. The house was not ransacked or burglarized. Everything seemed to still be in its place. 
It was obvious that the only reason the murderer was at Patty's home was to kill her. On her kitchen counter, a locksmith receipt was found. Patty just had all the locks changed the day before. The day before she was murdered, she had all of her locks changed in her house. That's a weird coincidence. Was Patty afraid of something or someone? The investigators then began canvassing Patty's neighbors. All the homes were large and on multi-acre lots. A few of Patty's neighbors had heard multiple gunshots in a row earlier that morning. Four or five shots all in a row. It was like bam, 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 bam. But it did not concern the neighbors because hearing gunshots was not unusual or a reason to become concerned because neighbors would shoot guns to scare deer or geese off their lawns. (laughs) (laughs) That's... Yeah, I uh, guess uh, it's Texarkana, right? Yeah, yes. Okay, so these neighbors heard the shots around 8 a.m. that same morning. Okay. According to investigators, they believed that Patty had been lying on that porch for almost 10 hours. Also found next to the receipt for the locksmith was Patty's will. Just out? Just out on the That's kitchen counter. Weird. Yeah, and so when Ray passed, he had left all of his assets to Patty, which was a substantial amount of money. Patty did not have any heirs or close family. In Patty's will, she was leaving her estate to a few local organizations, including, I did read, $100,000 to the Guys and Dolls Square Dancing Club. Okay. She also left $10,000 to a handful of her closest friends, including the two women who had found Patty's body only hours earlier. Okay. So they were all really good friends. Yeah, but that's not a substantial amount of money or anything. Well, it's something. Yeah, I guess. So they were thinking, did these women possibly do this, Barbara and Phyllis? To speed up the $10,000? Yeah, to get the $10,000. But why five shots? Why not just one? Right. Why so much? Well, Barbara and Phyllis were interviewed down at the police station. They both had strong alibis and eventually were not seen as possible suspects. They told the investigators that around 3 p.m. they had both received a phone call from one of their platonic male friends from the square dancing club, 80-year-old Ken Caldwell. Ken was concerned because Patty was supposed to take him to his doctor's appointment earlier in the day And she never showed up, nor was she answering his phone calls. This led the two women to become concerned enough to drive over to Patty's for a sort of wellness check. Those are good friends. Yeah. Ken was interviewed and he told the investigators that he had been chatting on the phone with Patty around 8 a.m. that morning. In the middle of their conversation, Patty interrupted and said, Virginia's here again. I'll call you back, and abruptly ended the conversation. Oh. If we remember, I did talk about a woman by the name of Virginia. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Virginia Hyatt, who was the wife of James Hyatt, the contractor who had rebuilt the Wheelington's home after the fire. And James and Virginia were also members of the Guys and Dolls Square Dancing Club. Yeah, this was the couple they were coupling with, that they were close to. That they were close friends with. They weren't coupling. That's, That's not what I meant. Well, there had also been rumors circling the club within the last few months that Patty and James had been having an affair. Oh, so maybe they were coupling. And Virginia had become suspicious 
and had not been quiet about it, calling out Patty in public for being a flirt, especially after she had been served divorce papers on Friday, November 29th, after 42 years of marriage. Ooh, I could see where that would be annoying. Even calling Barbara, who was the mutual friend of Patty and Virginia's, immediately after she got the papers. And Barbara's also one of the women that found Patty on the front porch. Gotcha. So this was all kind of intertwined, a little incestual in the square dancing club. It's kind of gross, though, because they're all old. (laughs) While on the phone with Barbara, Virginia was crying. She was devastated saying that James was leaving her for Patty. Now, Barbara denied the allegation because there was no way that Patty would do that to anyone, especially not to her friend. So Barbara was kind of sticking up for Patty. Right. But then Barbara told the investigators that by December 2nd, Virginia seemed like she had made peace with the separation. So she was okay Okay. with it. So she suspected an affair to some extent. With her husband and Patty. Right. And then her husband's like, hey, yeah, I don't want to be married to you anymore. So then logically. Logically. She goes, well, then it must be Patty. Right. But then all the friends that she's telling this to are saying, there's no way this could be Patty. There's no way that they would have had an affair. Although they are close. They were friends. And Patty's husband passed. So she's kind of, you know. Lonely. Still there. And yeah, has her house and. Has plenty of time on her hands. And James was a little older. He was in his late 60s at the time. I think Patty liked him older. Still capable. Still capable. Still vibrant-ish. Little blue pill always helps. Well, James and Virginia had become really close to Patty and Ray during the rebuild. James even became the couple's executor of their will and life insurance policies. That's how close this couple was together. James stayed on as the couple's handyman and even had a key to the home. And he stayed on doing his duties after Ray had passed away, which Mm. was really nice for Patty because she had somebody that she could depend on to do things around the large home. Yeah. But there were rumors that the two were having an intimate affair even before Ray died. So this had been going on for a little while, these gossipy rumors. Yeah, because it's possible. I mean, anyone could see that. Unfortunately, especially having a spouse with dementia, I mean, that's That's so sad. And they don't, they're not there anymore. I mean, they're alive, but they're not. Right. And so she's probably feeling lonely. And here's this guy who's emotionally supportive. He's physically there. And I mean, people can say, oh, that's horrible and you should never do that. But if you really think about it, you could see where this could easily lead to something. Right. And if you're not part of the situation or you haven't experienced that, then you don't really know what you would do in a situation like that. No, I know. But was all this talk just small town gossip, possibly fueled by an unhappy wife, meaning Virginia? Was she spreading this rumor? Though it did seem suspicious to some that the day that Virginia was served with the divorce papers, both James and Patty were out of town. What? That's a little suspicious, right? Oh, okay. But Patty was in New Orleans for a short stay, and James was in Florida visiting one of his sisters. Gotcha. 
But Barbara and Phyllis did not believe the rumors. You know who I'm talking about when I say Barbara and Phyllis, right? They're the finders of Patty. Right. On okay. The porch. So, okay. Yeah. Barbara and Phyllis did not believe the rumors and defended Patty when Virginia would start confiding in them. They believed that Patty was just a flirt, but there was no ill intention behind any of it. Investigators were able to get a hold of James in Florida. James told them that he and Patty were close, but not romantic. He helped her out after Ray died. He did odd jobs around the house. He did acknowledge that he and Virginia owned a 38 caliber revolver. Other than that bit of information, James was not very forthcoming, which left investigators thinking, had James murdered Patty for the insurance money and the estate and then just hightailed it to Florida? There's a lot of players in this case. Yeah, that's interesting. But investigators were able to look into James's cell phone records and did see that his cell phone pinged off a tower in Florida at the exact time of the murder. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask is, but wait a minute, if if they're looking for him and he's in Florida, isn't that a bit of an alibi? Right. So James so I mean, okay. was ruled out as a suspect. All he right. was in Florida. But Virginia was not ruled out. She was actually arrested at 2 a.m. on December 4th, less than 24 hours after Patty was killed. Yeah. <laughs> and wasn't she on the phone? Wasn't Patty on the phone and said that she was back again? Good job. You remember. So obviously she, she meaning um, Angry Virginia. We'll call her Angry Virginia. Okay. Angry Virginia was visiting the woman that she suspected her now ex-husband of having an affair with. Right. That's what Patty had said and, to Ken is Virginia's here it, again. She's here again. Right. Good job. Which is odd because eh? why would you visit someone that you Are at mad some at. even at some point were mad at or suspected of cheating? Basically, you're blaming that person for breaking up your marriage. It would be hard not to let that go. Oh yeah. In my opinion. Well, and that's what they had. They had Ken saying that he was talking to Patty at 8 a.m. when she said, Virginia's here again. I got to go. Right. That was what they needed to arrest Virginia so that they could question her. Let's put this into a quick perspective and make it uncomfortable. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) We've been married 42 years. Okay. We have a good set of... Hold on. We have a good set of friends. Mm -hmm. Right? And... The um the husband passes away. <laughs> and then I am still friends with the wife. And, and I would still be friends with the wife as yeah, well. And you and I are not keeping up with the adult aerobics anymore. Oh, is that what you got from this? No, I'm just saying. I'm, oh, just throwing, okay. I'm throwing out the scenario, right? All right. 42 years, that would put us, you know, in our 60s. And our, fr- our mutual friend, the wife, is very flirty with me. <laughs> and then... You're jealous because I'm flirty with her, but we maybe we aren't that much anymore. It's been 42 years. And then I go, hey, um, Melissa, I want a divorce. <laughs> I would immediately where are think. You, where are you at mentally at that point? Oh, you know where I am mentally. You're ready to go get a gun and start shooting. I wouldn't do that. No, but I, you I would, would be do upset, things, right? I would be more malicious than that. <laughs> Oh, I'm I'm much smarter I'm than to that, go get a gun. Wouldn't you feel like your entire life 
has now been a lie and a waste almost because now you've gotten all the way into your 60s and now I want to leave you. Yeah, Absolutely. I'm just saying, like, imagine that. It's pretty bad. Anyway, that's it. I get it. I'm just painting the scene. I paint it. I'm seeing the vivid colors on the canvas. All right. I like where you're going. Virginia was interviewed by the investigators. She was questioned about Patty and admitted to knowing about the affair between her husband and her friend. Virginia believed the affair had been going on for two to three years and that James had been over to Patty's home, quote unquote, 299 days in a row. Damn. She needed a lot of work on that house. Holy moly. That is a lot of. A lot of painting of the bedroom. Sure. A lot of hanging curtains. A lot of testing out the mattress. Oh, gosh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, James. Um, Yeah, so my fan over my bed is kind of <laughs> weird. Could you come look at it? And then she pantses him when he's standing on the ladder fixing right. yeah. <laughs> That's what I would do. <laughs> uh-huh. Okay, wait, we got to get back to this. Hurry up. Okay, but Virginia told the investigators that she had made peace with a divorce and did not seem distraught. So maybe Ken was wrong. Maybe it wasn't Virginia's name that Patty had said. Oh, okay. Maybe different handyman that she was close with that was always <laughs> over at her house. Virginia told the police that at 8 a.m. she was in the drive through at McDonald's. She then had gone to visit her ailing mother at the nursing home around 8.20, staying for around an hour. Virginia did tell the investigators that at one time she did own a 38 revolver, but it had been lost when they had moved homes a couple months ago. That's convenient. No. No, you don't <laughs> lose a gun moving. Because you'd be like, well, then where is it? There was still doubt in the investigators' minds. They booked Virginia for the murder of Patty, and she was taken to jail. Like, they were on it. These these okay, investigators but, were totally on it. Yeah, but if she went to visit her mom in a nursing home, shouldn't that be able to be proven? If she And if she went to a McDonald's, couldn't that be proven? Ding, ding, ding. You're getting way too good at these. No, I'm just, you gave me the information, so it's not that hard. Okay, well, Patty, Virginia, and James' cell phones were all subpoenaed. On Patty's phone, they discovered voicemails from Virginia from the last few days. After Virginia had received the divorce papers, she immediately called Patty's cell phone and left four messages from 2.16 p.m. to 2.22 p.m. In the audible portions, you can make out Virginia begging Patty to return James to her. What? In the audible portions, I heard a couple of them and they're like, James, get back to me. Okay, real quick. What? <laughs> I am a man. You can't just return me and I will just perform. I'm not a machine. What, what, what does she want her to do? Return just give her him back to me. Like he's, he divorced you. He doesn't want Obviously, you. yeah, he doesn't want to be with you. It's not up to her to return. But this is like, also 42 years of her life. No, her I, partner I, has been yeah. James. They didn't have any kids together. Oh, they didn't either. No, they didn't have kids oh, together either. Oh, I forgot so James, about that. No, I never said no, that. No, I mean, I forgot to ask that. Yeah. 
So James was her entire life. Oh, gosh. So it's 10 times worse. Absolutely. Yeah. Then even more so. Imagine us. 42 years, no kids. Dog died. You got nothing. And then I say, hey, um, yeah, I'm leaving you. And I want yeah. a divorce. And you know I'm with this other woman. Ugh. See, you're already uncomfortable. Ugh. Yeah, see? That rage is already building. Right? And I don't even have a face to put with the <laughs> woman that you're, sure. that you're cheating on with set. me with. All right. The next day, Virginia left another message on Patty's voicemail. I'm going to act this out for you because you all love this. Oh, act it out audibly. Patty, please, please give me my husband back. Please, it's horrible. I need my husband back. You can get any man you see anywhere. Please give me my husband back. Please call me back. Are you there? Can you hear me? Please call me back. End scene. Okay, 12 things. <laughs> okay, A, it's not an answering machine. I know, I knew you were going to say right. <laughs> I knew you were going to um, say that. And so, and two, why would she call her back to give her her like, <laughs> So she's clearly lost it. She's, she's very upset. Yeah, obviously. Yeah. So this discovery seemed to give them motive, seemed to give the investigators motive as to why Virginia would possibly have killed Patty. 100% motive, but they haven't proven anything yet. They haven't proven it yet. It's just motive. They've proven motive. Gosh, you're so good at this now. No, I'm not. It's not rocket surgery. You know what else they found? No, what? James had two cell phones. So? Is that bad? His second phone was only used to contact one person and one person only. Patty. He and Patty were way more than just friends. Oh, yeah, but okay. So Virginia was right. They were having an intimate affair. But they're divorced. Who's divorced? Virginia and uh, what's his name? No, no. They had been having an affair for a really long time. Gotcha. Okay. All right. So Virginia's intuition was right. Okay. Well, good thing they got divorced, right? No, they weren't even divorced. She'd only been served divorce papers two days before. Okay. Two or three days before. Okay. So they're not divorced. This was an affair. This was an ongoing intimate gotcha. affair. That they were hiding. They were hiding because James had two cell phones. Okay. All right. Well, he's a piece of crap. <laughs> right. Well, she doesn't sound me. I, so mean, Virgi- I know. I'm going to get into it. Ready? A couple days later, James came into the station to give his interview in person. James admitted to having a relationship with Patty. He did not initially tell the investigators about the affair because he wanted to protect Patty's reputation. Adulterers were not looked kindly upon in this area of the United States because, you know, it's like the Bible Belt. But Patty's dead. She's dead. And it might have hurt her reputation a little bit, but she was so friendly and so kind that I think people would have forgiven that. And moved on. Because they did. They did eventually. Okay. They don't have any children. Who cares? Oh, Virginia and James? None of them. None of them have kids, Who cares? Do whatever the hell you want. Uh, What difference is it? Just because you don't have kids doesn't mean that you go against your wedding vows. 
Okay, but they're all che- he's cheating anyway. What I'm saying is I don't know what he's so worried about. Oh, you mean the reputation? Yeah, what's that's what I mean. The reputation thing. Like, Well, I don't necessarily you... think he wanted to protect Patty's reputation. I think he wanted to protect his own. Oh, in case for the next person? I don't know. Or divorce proceedings or something. I don't know. It, I think he hmm. just wanted to save face. Okay. James said that the affair did begin before Ray had died. But after the rebuild was complete, so all the way back at the end of 2009. But Ray wasn't diagnosed with dementia until 2011. Oh, okay. So this was before Ray had issues. Yeah, before Ray was sick, they were having an affair. However... That's dirty. The dementia thing, it takes a long time, usually, before it becomes really obvious right but it's still dirty like of course Patty's it is. still I'm cheating not, on no, her ha- not, ailing husband yeah i'm not i'm not saying any of no this i know is you're not I'm i know you're not pointing out that you know maybe they're they just it was kind of starting to really be nothing there james and patty had found comfort in one another James confided in the investigators that he and Virginia's marriage had been on the rocks for a long time and that the two had been living like roommates for the last 10 years, even sleeping in separate bedrooms during those 10 years. Okay, so then... So there was nothing there. There was nothing. The only aerobics the couple were getting was out on the dance floor. Yeah, yeah, I would imagine. James acknowledged that Virginia had recently found out about the affair and he had started sleeping with his bedroom door locked out of fear that Virginia would do something to him in the middle of the night. No, I would do that. So he was scared of her. Just a few days before he had served Virginia with divorce papers, Virginia had pulled James's sisters aside at Thanksgiving and told them that she believed James was suicidal. Knowing their brother was not suicidal, they told James that they believed Virginia was going to murder him and make it look like a suicide. James immediately filed for divorce and left for Florida on November 29th while Virginia was at the nursing home visiting her mother. Oh, my God. Okay. He got the hell out of there. No, that makes so much sense. So she's setting the scene. Well, if she would have killed James, then she would have already kind of had an alibi kind of with the sisters because exactly. then the sisters would tell the investigators, well, Virginia said he was suicidal, but they knew their brother well enough to know that he would never do that. Right. And he did have a thirty-eight revolver. Mm-hmm. Before James left, he begged Patty to come with him. He was afraid Virginia was going to turn on Patty. Patty said that she was not going to run from Virginia, believing that she could talk Virginia out of the rage she had for both of them. Public uh, service announcement. (laughs) PSA. Here's a PSA. Don't try and talk to the person that you are screwing over, literally. No. That's going to not go over very well. Just let them stew. Let it lie. God. Let it simmer out on its own. Yeah. If there was ever a reason to travel to Florida, this is it. It was then. Well, Patty did go to New Orleans, but I believe she only went for a day and then came back. I think she should have stayed in New Orleans forever. Just my opinion. (laughs) You know what I would have done if I were him? What? I would have convinced Patty... 
to go with me to Florida and then go on like a 7,900 day cruise. Perfect. And not come back. Because <laughs> you're serving a divorce papers, it's going to go over like a fart in an elevator. It's not going to be good. The day James left, Virginia had called him multiple times during that day. He answered the first call and told Virginia that he was leaving her and not coming back. Mm -hmm. So she knew he was gone. Mm -hmm. James told the investigators that on Monday, December 2nd, Patty had texted James around 7.40 a.m., stating that Virginia is here at the house and wants you to call her. He called Virginia, and she was sitting outside on the front porch with Patty. He told her that he was out of state and not coming back. At 7.48 a.m., Patty texted James again and said, Thank you, she left. But that exchange with Virginia left Patty feeling freaked out, is what she told a friend. Uh, yeah. So this was the day before Patty was murdered. Virginia's sitting on her front porch. Isn't that weird? D yeah. That's don't, crazy. Don't stay on your front porch. Leave. Go on a road trip anywhere. You got nothing else to do. It's not like you have a job. Yeah. Just and go. who cares if you have a job? Just leave. But that's also the day that she had all the locks changed on her house. Okay. Locks are to keep out stupid people. Right. But she had locks because she didn't know if Virginia had the key to oh, her house because had James the had the key right, to her house. Yeah. Right. James also informed the investigators that Virginia was the owner of a 38 revolver. Mm -hmm. So thank goodness we live in the age of video surveillance, right? Yes and no. <laughs> well, because Virginia's timeline on her alibi was proven false. There it is. It, now, is this the uh, Mickey D's? Yes. So right. she had gone through the drive-thru at McDonald's, but it wasn't until after 9 a.m., so a whole hour after she said she had gone. Do you know what sounds good right now? McDonald's. McDonald's starving. I know I'm starving too. Okay, hurry up. Video footage was <laughs> video footage also showed that Virginia had entered the nursing home carrying a McDonald's sack around 9:42 a.m. and leaving just 12 minutes later. So she had time to do all of this. Okay, can I draw attention to something? <laughs> what? You said a McDonald's sack. That's what they said on this. That is a significant uh. amount of McDonald's. <laughs> and I mean, it's good because... I believe it was only a sausage biscuit, it, but they were saying a sack and I, I thought know, it was I'm cute. I'm being funny. Like, <laughs> like a poor... Uh, yeah, anyway. Police were able to obtain a search warrant for James and Virginia's home. The 38 revolver was never located, but a box of 38 caliber ammunition was found. And the blouse that Virginia was seen wearing in the McDonald's drive-through footage was found and analyzed. It tested positive for gunshot residue. There it is. There's your proof. On February 2nd, 2016, Virginia Hyatt's trial began. She pled not guilty. Jail had not been kind to Virginia, and she looked old and feeble, limping into court on the first day and then requiring a wheelchair for the remainder of the trial. But some of the spectators believe that this was all an act for the jury. No. Trying to show that there was no way this old lady could have gunned someone down on their front porch. You're a defense attorney for someone you clearly know <laughs> murdered her her yes. ex-husband's lover. 
What are you going to tell her to do? Look like she couldn't have done it. Yeah. We got to make you look as feeble as possible because maybe there's some person in the jury that's going to take pity on you. A few of Patty and Virginia's mutual friends, including Barbara and Phyllis, testified. They said that Virginia was a jealous person and that she would get noticeably angry when James would dance with other women at the square dancing functions. But when you square dance, you have to dance with other people. That's square dancing. Duh. Yes, and I can also see where that would start to make James not like his wife. Because that's annoying. Oh, that she would get jealous? Yeah, it's oh, annoying. You absolutely. It's not fun. Yeah. It does not make you want to have an aerobics class with her. I know. I keep talking about aerobics classes. It doesn't. That's not the whole. It's not the entire world. It's most of the world, but not the entire world. <laughs> Point is, it was already starting to degrade even at that point. It had been degrading for 10 years. Yeah, absolutely. To Barbara, Virginia would often complain about her marriage issues and blamed a majority of them on Patty, claiming that she hated Patty. But she hated her, but then they were good couples friends and hung out all the time. Wouldn't you want to keep your husband away from the woman that you think he's having an affair with? Maybe Virginia should try and be a better wife. Ooh, oh, I know. I'm so, Okay, now everyone's mad at me. Dang. I'm not the bad guy here. I didn't kill anyone or <laughs> cheat on anyone. I'm just saying, like... Oh, right. I don't even think you should explain that. I think we should just keep going. She's... Okay, fine. Everyone's <laughs> mad at me now. <laughs> Phyllis testified that she had driven around with Virginia on the 29th looking for James, driving by Patty's home and the local motels. James did testify, and he said that he had been contemplating divorce for a while and then told the jury that they lived like roommates and slept in separate bedrooms. He finally served Virginia with divorce papers because he feared for his life, leaving town before she was served telling the jury about the conversation he had had with his sisters about Virginia, that Virginia had told them that she was concerned about James's mental state and the fear of suicide. Another relative had even had a conversation with Virginia where she told them that she was worried about James committing suicide because of his failed relationship with Patty. Hmm. That was interesting because she's spreading more lies and rumors. James also let the jury know that he was the one who had purchased the 38 revolver for Virginia and that she was a much better shot than he was. Ooh. It is believed that Virginia drove by Patty's house and saw her sitting on her front porch, not realizing that Patty was actually on the phone. Virginia grabbed her gun and began walking up to Patty. Patty was probably trying to talk Virginia down, When she opened fire, Patty tried to escape the bullets but could not get into the home before being fatally shot. Virginia then turned and walked back to her car, going on with her day, ditching the gun somewhere. They still have never found that gun. (laughs) Video footage was shown to the jury from a local Easy Mart of a white Lincoln, the same car Virginia drove, heading in the direction of Patty's house at 7.53 a.m. and a similar vehicle heading in the opposite direction at 8.16 a.m. So Patty lived a little bit out of town 
So this would explain why there's such a gap between video footage. Yeah, you said she lived in a large house on multi-acre lots. Right, so in a rural area outside of Texarkana. Yeah, so that's going to be kind of outside of town a little bit. On February 8th, the jury deliberated for one hour and found Virginia Hyatt guilty of the capital murder of Patricia Wheelington. Virginia was given an automatic life sentence with no possibility of parole. Virginia is still being held at the McPherson Unit for Women in Arkansas. She is around 77 years old today, and Virginia still maintains her innocence. Wowzers. Daniel, what did you think of my case? Oh, gosh. (laughs) I mean, I already kind of had a lot of comments, so you probably already know what I think in that. Another life taken that didn't need to be taken. You know what? What? Virginia knew because James wasn't unhappy. Oh. So I know it makes us uncomfortable. If I am miserable being married to you, but I am not, say, finding a fun woman to be with and possibly have adult aerobics with, I would be miserable. If I had someone on the side that I really enjoyed spending time with and went to her house 299 days in a row, I would come home to you perfectly happy. Satisfied. And living in a separate bedroom, and I'd be perfectly fine with that. And if I were, you probably should suspect something. Makes sense. Yeah. So if you have a spouse who's really happy and you guys haven't touched each other in a year, um, I'm sorry to break the news to you. (laughs) But men and women, but especially men, we would be absolutely miserable Mm. if that's our existence. In my opinion, that's what I think. So here's another question. Virginia and James were heavily involved in the square dancing club. Would you go square dancing with me and do the things that I like to do if we were just living as roommates and you weren't getting anything on the side? Not a chance. There you go. No way. I wouldn't either. If the person I really liked or persons I really liked, I would keep up appearances and I would go because I would. that would be the high point of my day. To see that other person? Yeah, not going with you, but going there. Mm, That makes sense. How sad is that? But that's sad. This is a really sad case. But that's reality. So, Even though we don't like to live in reality, that is reality. That's what I think of your case. You asked me what I thought. That's what I think. I like your perspective on these cases. I really do. And I know our 11 listeners do as well. Well, nine of them. Fun fact. You ready for a fun fact? Sure. Texarkana, Arkansas lies on the southwest border of the state. It is located across the state line from its twin city, Texarkana, Texas. What? So Tex means Texas. Ark means Arkansas. And Anna means Louisiana. Although there is not a twin city in Louisiana. There's not a Texarkana in Louisiana. So shouldn't there be three? There should be, but you can stand in all three states at one time. Well, not stand. You can do kind of a, yeah, you can spread. Spread yourself. (laughs) It can look like the um, twister. You can do the twister game on all three states. (laughs) There are 
I should do like a factoid on this or something. Isn't there places in the U.S. and even states where you hear Tri-Cities? Is there a three-city location? Oh, I don't know what that means. Huh. That's a good question. All right. So Texarkana was also the setting for the movie The Town That Dreaded Sundown, which was loosely based on the Texarkana Moonlight Murders. Oh, boy. Now, the Texarkana Moonlight Murders was a term coined by the contemporary press, which was a series of four unsolved serial murders and related violent crimes committed in and around the Texarkana region of Arkansas and Texas in the late winter and spring of 1946. They were attributed to an alleged unidentified serial killer known as the Phantom of Texarkana or simply the Phantom Killer or Phantom Slayer. This hypothetical perpetrator is credited with attacking eight people, of whom five died in a 10-week period in this area. Oh, goodness. This is a true story. Well, that's not good. And they never found out who this person was that did all of this. They could still be living in Texarkana, Arkansas, or Texas. But what year did all that happen? 1946. Okay, so I'm going with they're not there anymore. <laughs> Unless they were infants at the time. Maybe they were mad because Louisiana didn't have a Texarkana, and they're from Louisiana. <laughs> they're from the border. <laughs> See, make myself laugh. That's it's, all that's important. That, that's important. Mm-hmm. All right, I thought that was interesting. That is interesting. All right, my information for this case came from a few articles, articles and an episode of Snapped. That's actually where I found it. I was watching Snapped and I found it. I also found Virginia's appeal records. Whoop, whoop. Did she appeal? She did appeal. And they said no? Yes. Okay. She was trying to say that there wasn't enough evidence putting her at the scene of the crime. Okay, Virginia. Yeah. Okay. We got some Patreon shout outs. Would you like to do the honors, my dear? Once again, thank you guys so much for supporting our humble show and supporting especially Melissa because she does all the work and I'm just here annoying you with (laughs) stupid comments. (laughs) So for that, I thank you very much. Maria C. Thank you so much, Maria. Kristen D. Thanks, Kristen. Alyssa K. Thanks, Alyssa. Teresa M. Thank you so much, Teresa. And then I got a Kylie. Just Kylie. Kylie. Thanks, Kylie. Thank you, Kylie. Candy B with a K. Thanks, Candy. Thank you guys so much. We really appreciate it. Just so thankful for all of you. It does help out tremendously. We feel very blessed. Thank you. If you are enjoying our show and you've been listening for a while and you still haven't given us a rate or review over on Apple Podcasts, could you go do that? You just scroll down to the bottom and you'll see some stars and you just hit the five star. That would be awesome. Uh, We're also over on Spotify. So you can do that over on Spotify. We are on only one source of social media. We are on Instagram. So you can find us at Till Death Do Us Part Podcast. And we try to really keep up with that. And other than that, you can't find us. No, I haven't. I just, I don't know. One of these days I might do the My Face or Space (laughs) Face or whatever it's called, the book. 
Oh, um, boy. But if you but have any case how. suggestions, and I've gotten quite a few, and I appreciate it, can you please email them to me at tilldeathdoespart at att.net and just put case suggestion in the header? Is that what you call it? The subject. In the subject. Just put case suggestion. And I've gotten quite a few, and they're really good. So I'm excited to share those. And I think we're done. And be careful. Oh, gosh. Because marriage is a life sentence. And divorce is always the better option. Mm-hmm. And then run <laughs> and hide <laughs> after those divorce papers. Bye. Bye-bye. <laughs>